0: friends, here we are back again in the Bible Project Daily Podcast, and we're just continuing together working through the book of Genesis. We're in Season 2, Part 186, which is Episode 255 overall, on this amazing journey through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And as I said, we're just continuing this section, looking at the finding a wife for Isaac in Genesis chapter 4. And we're still looking at that narrative of how this actually happened in covering the verses from 10 to 28. So I'll just recap what we discovered last time. If you remember, Abraham had commissioned his most senior servant to go back to Ur of the Chaldees and find a wife for his son Isaac and the servant is seen to take ten camels and head towards Mesopotamia and the city of Nahor, which is probably uh, another name for Heron, which is the region, the general area that Abraham originally came from. Now, he took ten camels because of the length of the journey. It would have been normal, completely normal, to take all the supplies that he would have needed for a journey like that. In fact, that's still the norm today among the Bedouin people. There's nothing unusual about that. It's a bit like us packing a car if we were to go on a long journey today. But upon arriving there, he stops outside the city by the well in the evening, which is where the woman would normally go to draw water. Now, I hope you're paying attention if you're single and you're looking for a mate, because first of all, he prayed and then he went to the place where the type of of person that he was looking for would most likely gather notice back in verse 12 it says then he prayed the Lord God of my master Abraham make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham so in other words to show favor to this task of finding a bride for Isaac so let's just remind ourselves of what happened next in verse 17 And onwards it says the servant hurried to meet her and said please give me a little water from the jar drink my lord she said and quickly lowered the jar to her her hands and she gave him a drink after she had given him a drink she said I'll draw water for your camels too until they've had enough to drink now let me tell you that this is really quite interesting I wonder have you ever thought about how much a camel might drink well, a camel apparently drinks about 25 gallons at a time when it completely refills and is about to go on a journey. And do you remember? The servant had 10 camels with him. So, how many gallons is that she would have needed to draw? Well, it looks like it was about 250 gallons. Now, thinking about this passage, I was wondering how could I convey what 25 gallons looks like, never mind 250 gallons? So I Googled a few things, and one of the things I Googled was how much does a normal bathtub hold? Well, would you guess it? In the UK, an average bathtub holds 24 gallons. So she's going to have to pull up bucket after bucket of water on a rope until she filled the equivalent of 10 bathtubs full of water. What does that say about her? Well, lots of things, really. It says she's got some sensitivity in terms of caring for the man and his camels. And it also says she's obviously not afraid of hard works. She's industrious, to say the least. And because she understood what that means, it also indicates uh, that by offering to do that, she was a pretty healthy young woman, wasn't she, have Her readiness to work as well, I would say, serves as a test and an answer for a whole bunch of things that would have been valued in a wife in biblical times. Because ultimately, overall, it indicates her hospitality, her readiness, her willingness to go the extra mile to offer hospitality to a stranger. And we're going to see in a minute that she did all of this without any hesitation or any grumbling. Now, let me pause before we go any further. And if you, to, maybe to give you advice, if you're a single person and you're looking for a mate, well, you could do a lot worse than follow the advice that was followed here by this servant. Now, generally, I don't believe God is in the business of producing life partners for us supernaturally. I know that's the, the testimony of some people, but there's always a portion of providence involved in work where it comes to relationships between people. But maybe this is telling us that our part in finding a partner, a life partner, mate, is just to pray and ask the Lord to bring the right person to come along. But then when you see someone come along, you might think fits that mold, test their character against some principles, some biblical principles. You know, there's only one thing that you shouldn't compromise when looking for a life partner. And that is that the person should be a believer in in Jesus Christ. That's the only guideline. You are free to marry anyone. Now, that doesn't mean you should marry anyone, because there should be some other things that they might be desirable to you, and those things should be negotiable. It seems to me the biblical principle that we can apply here in life if we're looking for a life partner is simply to pray and then have some idea, some sort of plan of the type of person that you would like to spend the rest of your life with. Okay, well let's see how that plan works out here. Look at this. It's happened before he even finished praying, before he even finished speaking about Rebecca. He's sitting there praying and before he can finish he lifts up his eyes and bam, Rebecca's there approaching with an empty pitcher of water to fill at the well. Now it tells us that the young woman was very beautiful to behold and the servant runs to meet her and he says, please give me a little drink of water from your pitcher. And she gave it to him and then continued to draw water for the whole of his ten camels. He then asks her, is there any room in your father's house for him to lodge and she says yes there's enough room for him to lodge and also to supply the needs of his livestock now i'm not sure exactly how many people were in this party of uh, the servant and the people along with these camels but she says come with me and we can put you all up not surprisingly he the servants are seen to give thanks and worship the lord at this point by saying 24 beginning at 24 verse 27 praise be to the Lord the God of my master Abraham who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master as for me the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives and then the narrator says the young woman ran and told her mother's household about these things Now the word translated faithfulness in these couple of verses is a word that is saying something about the Lord has been being faithful to the promise, the covenant that he made with Abraham. He promised that he would give the land to him and his descendants and this is the way that it's going to be provided for him. The Victorians have a word for this kind of of activity and that word is providence. It's about God providing for us. The idea that God works providentially is really just a fancy word for saying that God works through natural means. And that doesn't mean he always works supernaturally. Now I don't deny that there are many miracles in the Bible. There's certainly plenty of those. But the important point here to bear in mind that God primarily works through natural means. So verse 28 says a young woman ran and told her husband's household these things. That's how the passage closes at that point. But remember, God, in terms of everyday life, can be seen to work providentially in many natural ways. And we need to make sure that we're not missing those opportunities because we're so heavenly minded that we're not really any earthly good at interpreting what's going on around us. Anyway, hope you found that helpful, and that's it for today. Remember, there's always a transcript of every talk available in the episode notes of any audio version of this podcast. But other than that, I'd love to see you right back here tomorrow on the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now.